Good morning, church. My name is Pastor Alfredo Peña, and we are excited that you are worshiping with us today on this very special day, because today is Clergy Appreciation Month. So, so what an awesome uh, time it is to come together and say blessings to Pastor Nereida Flores, Reverend Dana Franco, Reverend Melba Alejos, and Reverend Lani Gonzalez. Blessings to you, and we truly, truly appreciate all the work that you do for our church and for the kingdom. And I can say on a personal note, I for one am glad to have these powerful, mighty women of God on my side. So congratulations to you. Today we honor you and we celebrate you. Uh, we also want to lift up every clergy person out there that has answered the call, um, those that have gone before us that have made us uh, being able to walk in our calling possible. So blessings to all of you as well. I'll also mention that today is also special because today is my birthday. And so I'm really excited about that. But you know what? What better way for me to celebrate my birthday than doing the exact thing that God has called me to do and worshiping the one that is only because of his love and only because of his grace that I'm even celebrating another year of life. So, so I praise God and I thank God today for um, allowing me to be able to celebrate another year of life. Let us pray this morning. <clears throat> Most living and loving God, we thank you for this day. And we come to you, God, in a spirit of celebration, God, as we lift up every clergy person, God, that you have called and that has answered the call. As I said earlier, God, I know that we do not do this to uh, receive any kind of recognition, God. But we are so thankful today, God, for all the work that they've done, for the sacrifice that they have done, God, for their persistence and their prayer, God, and, and, and their love uh, for what you, are, you have called us to do. I ask, Holy God, that today you just give them a special blessing, God, and that you continue to use their anointing, God, in a mighty way. Today, God, I just ask that your Holy Spirit just embrace them, God, and show them, allow them to be able to feel how loved and appreciated they are. And now as we come together, God, to uh, continue in this worship service, God, to be able to, to be ready for this message, <clears throat> I ask, Holy One, that you prepare our hearts, that you open our ears, God, so that we may receive this message today. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. <clears throat> The scripture reading for today is in the book of Matthew, chapter 22, verses 1 through 14. And the title of my sermon is, You Are Cordially Invited. Let us go to the scripture this morning. It says this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Matthew 22, 1 through 14. Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. And he sent out his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding feast, and they were unwilling to come. Again, he sent out other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Behold, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fattened livestock are all butchered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and went their way. One to his own farm, another to his business. And the rest seized his slaves and mistreated them and killed them. 
But the king was enraged, and he sent his armies and destroyed those murderers and set their city on fire. Then he said to his slaves, The wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Go, therefore, to the main highways, and as many as you find there, invite to the wedding feast. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered together all they found, both evil and good, and the wedding hall was filled with dinner guests. But when the king, king came in to look over the dinner guests, he saw a man there who was not dressed in wedding clothes. And he said to him, Friend, how did you come in here without wedding clothes? And the man was speechless. Then the king said to the servants, Bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. This is the word of the Lord this morning. Thanks be to God. Just a little bit of uh, context, because it, uh, context matters here, um, is um, this is a look at, at the characters and what they represent. Now, I will invite you to our Bible study on Wednesday. It's really important that you join us in Bible study because we were we're going to cover a lot more detail about this parable. Um, today, during this sermon, we will focus on the application piece, but it's important that we understand the context. Here, um, the king is God, the son is Jesus in this parable, and the guest is Israel or the Jews, and the servants are the prophets that God has sent time and time again um, to um, bring the good news to them. But I also want to look at the wedding feast here, because weddings during that time were not like weddings today. In other words, you know, we, we might spend a lot of money on, on weddings today, but it's you know, really just a few hours, right, uh, on a particular day. Wedding feasts during that time were actually very different. They were, um, they could be a week long. It was a week long celebration, which means there was a lot of work that went into it, which means there was a a, a, and ex they just spare no expense. I mean, they, 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 it was a, a, a lot of food, a lot of drinking, and you know, they would use their best wine. And so, so this was a big deal. So, so I mentioned that because, because the fact that it was such a big deal and the response that we see are just, you know, they, they just kind of stand out. So, so there's two things that I want us um, to look at today because, you know, those of us that have planned a wedding, um, can see this parable and say that's, that's that's really not the way it works, right? When when you look at the 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 way they determine the guests, for example, um, it, it, that's really not how we do it today, right? Um, you don't just say I'm going to have a wedding and I'm going to invite everyone that is out there. Everyone is welcome to come, especially when it's a special, when it is it is one that you're spending a lot of money on. You, you certainly. Most people cannot afford to do that, right? So, so the way um, you prepare for a wedding today, and, and trust me, I, I know, is is kind of difficult because you you have to select only certain number of people. That's all you can you can uh, invite. That's all you can afford to 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 provide a good dinner for, for example. And so, so when you see the twist here, because originally it, it was very intentional, and then there's this twist in where everyone is invited. And, and you see that for that kind of an event, that is not the approach that would have been taken. But then here's another um, thing that stands out uh, from this parable is the response from the guests. Let me tell you, most of us 
love a good wedding. We love everything about it. You know, it is so, so formal. And, and the brides uh, always look so pretty and the grooms look so handsome and everybody cleans up really well, right? And there's one thing that you know is gonna be in a nice wedding. It's gonna be good food and a wedding cake. You know, you're always going to at least enjoy the wedding cake. Let me tell you, if you're like me, there has yet to be a cake that you do not like, right? And so, so, so when you see that this kind of event is happening and you get invited to it, you will go. But when we see the response here that, that these people just totally disregarded the invitation. Some that had RSVP'd decided they weren't gonna go. You know, if you know probably the three biggest weddings that, that um, the world has witnessed have been the royal weddings. There were people I read that went and got dressed up and, and, and ladies went and even bought a hat <clears throat> and they dressed up and wore a hat in their living rooms watching this wedding. So, so that means that if any of us would have gotten an invitation to any one of those weddings, I assure you, we would have figured out a way to go. But the last thing in our mind would be to say, uh, no, I'm not going. So, so when you see the twist in the, in the guests and you see uh, the, the response from the, from the guests to this such special wedding, it really does uh, make us um, say, why? Why did this happen, right? And today we're going to talk about that a little bit more. <clears throat> but I also want to start with this question. Imagine that you're standing before God and he asks you this question. Why should I let you into heaven? You're standing there on judgment day and, and God is telling you, why should I let you in? Why should I let you into heaven? How would you answer that question? Now, we're not going to answer that question today, but, but I think that the response to this question correlates with the parable today. And today we're going to look at three life application points that it is my prayer will help us understand the invitation, will help us process the invitation, and most importantly, will help us understand our response to the invitation. So here's life application point uh, number one. Um, so get your pens and, and pencils ready so that we can take down some good notes this morning. <clears throat> the first life application point is we must look at our response to the invitation. So here's the first thing that, I, that we need to remember. It is an invitation to a banquet, not a funeral right? Because listen, you know, today it seems like that when we talk to somebody about Christ and when we invite them um, to, to give their lives to Christ, uh, I heard a preacher saying it's, it's almost like we're, they think we're asking them they're going to have to be in formaldehyde for two weeks. <laughs> you know, um, we're not, the invitation is not to a funeral, it's to a banquet, it's to a feast. And, and let me tell you something, Many people today think that coming to Christ, that, that being Christians is boring. <clears throat> Many people think that, that you're going to miss out on something. And so excitement is not a way in which they welcome the, even the conversation initially, let alone the invitation. So, so it is important that we understand that the invitation is to a feast, is to a banquet, not a funeral. 
Also, it's important that we understand that this is an invitation, not a summons. And, and why is that important? Because we have been given this beautiful, amazing gift of free will. And, and God is not going to force himself on any of us, and he's certainly not going to force us to accept his son or accept the invitation to the kingdom. But listen, I think that's a mistake that we um, we make today that many evangelicals are making today in which we think that it is our job as Christians to, to just shove Christianity down people's throats and force our Christianity on them. And that is not the way God operates. God is giving us free choice and no one, no one should be forced into this. It is an invitation, not a summons. However, it's an invitation that requires a response. In fact, truth be told, all invitations require a response. And, and to many, our response could be just ignore it. Just not, not even acknowledge it, right? Nonetheless, that's still a response. So, so today, I want us to look at our response to the invitation. And let's think about this too. What is he inviting us to? What is this feast? What does this banquet represent? Let me tell you something. He is inviting us to a life of peace. Not like the world gives us, but the peace that he gives us that surpasses all understanding. He is inviting us to a life of joy that is not contingent or dependent on situations or circumstances. That, that even in the midst of the storms, you and I can still wake up in the morning singing, I've got joy, 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 joy down in my heart, regardless of how difficult the situation might be. A, a life of confidence to know that His grace is sufficient, that He is the most amazing provider, that He's giving us all we need so that we can take our place and be the conquerors. No, wait a minute. Not, not just the conquerors, but more than conquerors. To be able to stand firm in our faith and say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. To be able to have the confidence to know that no weapon formed against me will prosper. That is the invitation that we are, that he is extending to us. What is he inviting us to? To all of those things. But we see three responses here that, that I think we still see today. The first response that we see is that people just completely ignored it, just didn't even acknowledge it. And you see people today that still um, choose to do that. Here's another um, response, and that is violence. They literally were killing the messengers. They, they didn't like what they were coming to remind them. They didn't like that they were being told, but hey, you had originally said yes. You had RSVP'd. You said you were coming, and so now, now it's ready. And they didn't like that. Because they liked where they were. They, they didn't want their position threatened. They didn't want whatever it is. They did not like the message and they didn't like to be reminded of it. So they chose violence. 
And, and we know that that exists still today. There are places in our world that, that um, Christians are persecuted and murdered. But thank God, that is not something that we have to deal with here in our country, thank God. Yes, there's still some persecution out there, but not to that degree. We have places um, in our country where we can safely go and worship and, and be our authentic selves and worship, and, and we thank God for that. So, so we don't necessarily you know, uh, ignore the invitation. Many of us do not respond with violence, but here's the other response. And that is the response with excuses. And let me tell you something. When, when we look at what we, we are being invited to, when we see the brokenness that is out there, when we see the hopelessness that is out there, when we see that people have tried and tried and tried searching for this happiness and, 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 and there's nowhere to be found, and then you have this invitation. It makes you wonder, why would you not want to go? Why would you not want to attend this feast? Listen, you are hungry. <clears throat> why would you not want this cool drink of water when you are so thirsty? Why would you not want to come to this amazing hospital and doctor when you are so broken and hurting. And, and really, we've got to ask that question, why? Why did they say yes and then no? And I want us to just pause for a minute and, and truly answer that question. What is my response to the invitation? <clears throat> because sadly, I think today, some of us are that third category where we say yes, but then we don't show up. Here's life application point number two. Look at his gracious invitation. See, he sent out the original invitation. He sent out the save the date and people knew that this was coming. And then he sent out the invitation and people RSVP'd. And then he sent out the, the servant saying, okay, those of you that knew that this was coming, those of you that have already responded that you are coming, it is ready, come. And that's where we see this change. When, when they first received the invitation, they were excited saying, oh my God, look, this is a huge event and I am so excited that I am invited and we felt so honored, right? And then... They get the notice that it's ready, and then they go from excitement. And listen, you don't want to miss this because I see this often. It is a typical response with many Christians where we go from excitement to excuses. Uh, listen, I'm going to say that again. We go from excitement to excuses. Now, now, let me tell you something. He say, well, what have I answered yes to? What did I um, respond to? Listen, when we came to a place of salvation, when we accepted our salvation, when we accepted Christ into our lives, when we accepted that, that He is our Redeemer, and, and, that, and that we gave our lives to Him, we said yes. 
And that was a glorious Sunday, right? When we give our lives to Christ. But then Monday happens. And then we don't show up. When we, when we decide to get baptized and we say, Pastor, I want to take my place. I want to show the world that I am a Christian. I want people to know that he lives in me. And, and I want to, to be able to, to demonstrate that. And I want to be part of this Christian community that we call church. And so we get baptized and that's where we say yes. And then we don't want to be part of this community. I'm, I don't have time to be part of this uh, worship services and I don't have time to do these things. And that's church, how we don't show up. When we come to the communion table and we say, I want to be one with you, God, I want your body and your blood and I want to be in communion with you and in communion with each other. And that's when we say yes at the communion table and then life happens and people need us and there is a need out there and we don't show up. When we say yes to the discipleship, I want to be your disciple, Lord. I want you to, to shape me. I want you to prepare me, to equip me so that I can be your disciple. We cannot go and make disciples unless we ourselves are disciples. So, Lord, I want to be your disciple. And then we don't have time for Bible study. And then we don't have time for, for uh, to go and, and worship to uh, go and to, to share the gospel. We don't have time to make that phone call. We don't have time to send out that email or even that text. When there is a need to distribute bags to the people that are hungry, we don't show up. Yeah, I'm preaching like I'm the pastor here this morning. But this is the truth, church. And, and the beautiful thing about this message today is that these parables are not about condemnation, but about recovery. It is to see his gracious invitation. See, he never gave up. He sent out the invitation to prepare us. And then people said yes, and people are as repeat, and then he sent his servants, his prophets, his pastors, his missionaries to say, okay, it's ready, come, and then they don't show up. But listen to his response. He didn't say, you know what, forget it. No, instead he said, okay, maybe they didn't understand everything that I have done. Maybe they don't understand how much we have prepared everything that I have for them. So go, and but tell them this time, because maybe you didn't tell them the first time. Tell them this time. So hopefully they'll understand that my fattest calf, my my most um you know biggest um uh, cows have been slaughtered butchered and prepared and this is going to be an amazing feast no one will go hungry i have put out the best wines tell them that because i don't think that they understood that the first time so go go and remind them of what an amazing feast it is and yet, they still didn't show up. And instead, they made excuses. Now, now, let me tell you something. There were good excuses. 
And if you look at the same scripture in the book of Luke, it gives a little more detail. It says, I just bought, I just bought this farm. I just bought this property. I have to go tend to it. I just, I just bought some cattle. And I need to go and take care of them. The one says, I just got married. I just got married. I can't do this. And you know what? This is the interesting thing because we do this backwards church. All those things are important, right? <clears throat> there are good excuses. But listen, it is precisely because of those things that it is important that we show up. Not only did they lose their perspective, they forgot what was important. And see, this is a part that we need to remember. Scripture says, says, seek for the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then everything else he will provide, he will supply. Everything else will fall into his place. But instead we do it backwards and we think that we've got to take care of these things first. And then we will make time to seek the kingdom. And so this morning, as we look at his gracious invitation, I want us to make sure that we also look at our perspective because they had lost their perspective back then. And I think many of us lose our perspective today. We forget the important things or what are the things that are important. And, and we think that we've got to pursue these things first because we think that those are the things that are going to give us the, what we're looking for, that are going to satisfy, that are going to fill us. And there are going to be some amazing blessings for us. But let me tell you something. We put all those things at risk when we think we can go and do them <clears throat> without God. They lost their perspective. And you and I, we've got to ask ourselves today, have I done the same? I read a quote that says, a good thing can make us miss out on a great thing. Those were all good excuses. They were all legitimate excuses, but at the end of the day, they were still excuses. <clears throat> and, and so those of us that are saying, well, you know, I've got, my career is just getting started and I just don't have time right now. Those of us that say, you know what, I have too many things going on right now. I just don't have time for that right now. <clears throat> you know, I'm just making good money. And I know that, that, that means that, you know, I, I have not been able to make time for my time of prayer, for my time of devotion, for my time of worship, for my time of study. But, but you know what? I'm just so busy right now. But eventually I'll be, I, once I get these things down, then I'll be able to get back. And that is not the way it works. Let me tell you, that's what's going on in our lives right now. We too have lost our perspective. But look at his gracious invitation. He never gave up and he continues to invite us into some of us. This might be the first invitation and, and thank God that we're going to respond with a yes. To some of us, maybe this is the fifth invitation. And I'm just excited that you are here today and that your response is going to be yes. And maybe some of us, this is the 55th invitation. And today we celebrate because today we say yes. We say yes to grace. We say yes to love. <clears throat> we say yes to this amazing feast. And here is a third life application point. Are you dressed appropriately? Let me tell you, this is a little bit of a twist again, right? Because when we see the response, you and I will look back and say, whoa. 
You know, why is he so upset at the way he's dressed? He just got invited five minutes ago. Maybe he didn't have time to go get change, to go change. Or maybe he's wearing the best that he had. And yet, you know, he got upset about that. You know, and it doesn't fit with many of the culture in today's churches because today we say, come as you are. Come as you are. You don't have to worry about, you know, that you don't have something to wear. You don't have to worry about the fact that maybe you, you haven't been able to clean up. Come as you are. And that is what we say, right? And all that is true. But this is the part that we cannot miss in this parable. See, the wedding was so special. The celebration was so special and amazing. <clears throat> the guests were so important that, that, he, that, that the king wanted all this to be perfect. So back then what they did is they also provided the wedding garments. And, and I imagine that when, when they provided the wedding garments, it is a way in which all the guests were the same. All the guests were equal. It didn't matter what you were wearing when you showed up. They provided you with the proper garment, and at the feast, everyone looked the same. And so, so it is important because the garments were provided by the king. They were provided by the host. So, so the question is, why was this person not dressed appropriately? And the answer is, he didn't have an answer. When he was asked, he was speechless because there was no answer other than <clears throat> he didn't want to. He didn't want to change. So yes, church, we do say come as you are, but let me also tell you that you don't have to stay as you are. <clears throat> and listen, that is important because what what will motivate us to come to Christ if nothing's going to change? If we are in a place of brokenness and then we come to Christ and say, oh, but, but nothing's going to change. If we're a place in where we are angry and bitter and then we come to Christ and say, oh, well, but that's not going to change. If we're in a place when we are prisoners of our own pain and our own past and then we come to Christ and say, well, that, you know, nothing's going to change. Then why would we want to come to Christ? And so I'm talking to us this morning because this is a problem uh, with some of these, um, under, the understanding of some of these requirements is that we don't like to be told that we have to change. You know, if you look at an invitation and there's a dress code, there's a certain attire that was required, that, that will turn people off immediately, immediately. If the invitation says black tie affair, oh, you automatically, doesn't matter how good the event is, I don't wear a tie. No, I don't like ties. I haven't worn ties in years. I'm not going to wear a tie. When we say it is a black tie affair, oh, I know I have to wear a tuxedo. I'm not going to spend money on a tuxedo. You know, they don't want me to go in jeans, then I'm not going to go. You know, we, we hear things like a formal, you know what, I haven't worn dresses in in. In forever, I'm not going to go buy a dress just for this event. <laughs> you know why I'm able to list all those things? It's because I've heard every single one of those excuses. And you know what happens when we do that, church? We say, 
your event, your wedding, your celebration, that's not more important than my comfort. Think about it. I'd rather not go to your special event than to have to be uncomfortable. And we refuse to change. And, and here, you see, you don't want to miss this because he has given us the garment of salvation. And where, where we no longer have to, will ever have to stand before God or the world just with our own clothing. But now we will be dressed in the garment of salvation. He washed our sins with his blood in Calvary so that he could robe us with the spotless robe of righteousness. He made us right. He, he dressed us with a garment of grace. He, he dressed us with a garment of unconditional love. All those things he has provided for us. And somehow, you and I sometimes choose to say, no, thank you. I don't need your grace. I, I don't need your love. I don't need your righteousness. I can do this on my own. <clears throat> and and the, the important part of the scripture is that when this person chose not to accept the garments, it's the equivalent of us standing before God saying, I am doing this on my own. He was speechless. <laughs> and let me tell you something. <clears throat> Many of us, when, when we refuse to change, when we choose to continue to stay in the path that we are in, we are also will be speechless. See, church, remember that question that I asked in the beginning? If we're standing before God and he's asking us, why should I let you into heaven? Some <clears throat> at this point would say, because I'm a good person. Because I try every day to be good and to do the best that I can do. And that it's good, but it's equivalent to saying, I don't need your wedding garments, God. I've got my own. Some might list their, their spiritual Christian resume, right? I have been going to church for so many years. I have participated in all these different <laughs> committees. I, you know, here is proof of all the, the, the money that I have given. And that also will be equivalent to us standing before the king saying, I don't need your garments, I've got my own. So, when we are asked the question, why should I let you into heaven? It is my prayer that after listening to these three life application points, we will be able to answer, because you invited me because you prepared this amazing feast and you invited me. 
because you sent out your prophets, you sent out your servants to let me know, to reach me, to let me know that there is a feast set in place for me and, and I have said yes to your invitation. Because I have put on your wedding garments of, of salvation, and righteousness and grace. It is not because of anything that I have done or that I could even do or that I'm even worthy of this invitation, but it's because you loved me so much that you sent your son and you sent those messengers to invite me into your kingdom. You should let me into your heaven because I have said yes to your invitation. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Most loving God, we thank you for this message. We thank you, Father God, for the love, God, and the, and the grace um, and, and, and your, the patience you've demonstrated, God, through this parable and to us today. We thank you, God, that, that you have extended that invitation, God, uh, so lovingly, God. And today we say yes. We thank you, Father God, for how gracious you are, God, that you've never given up on us. And we are so grateful for that, God, that even today, God, even if we falter, even if we fall sometimes, you will never give up. And we thank you because this is not an invitation to just any type of event. This is an amazing feast and where you have given us your best, your son, so that we may have life and have life in abundance. And so today we thank you, God, and we say yes, Lord. And today, Father God, we thank you because it is your grace, it is your sacrifice, it is your love, it was your blood, God, that made us right before you. And we thank you because of this beautiful invitation, God, in which today, with much joy, with much excitement, we say yes. And Holy God, we ask for forgiveness today, God, for all the excuses, God, that we have made. God, as good and as legitimate as they are today, we understand that ultimately they are still excuses. And today we thank you that you've allowed us to refocus, God, and to put the right perspective, to seek first your kingdom, and know, God, that everything else will fall into place. We thank you for this, in this invitation, and today we say yes. In Jesus' name, amen. It is my prayer that this service and this message has been a blessing to you. I invite you to visit our website, nb-ccc.org, and let us know how you are doing. Send us your prayer request. If you go to our calendar of events, go to the Wednesday date, and you will see the tab there for our virtual connections at 6.30 every Wednesday. It's through Zoom and our virtual Bible study as well. Everyone is invited. Please, listen, you don't want to miss it. Today's message was important and these parables have been great, but you still need to be able to make the time to fully understand the context. And so I invite you to join us to our Bible study. 
and our time of connection. Also, um, you will also see the information about our Spanish services every Sunday at nine o'clock in the morning, um, this service, and then our children's service immediately after this. And we are excited that you have continued to join us and support us through your faithful uh, tithing and love offerings. And so if you go to our website, there's an opportunity for you to continue to do that. Now go and enjoy the feast that has been set before you and invite as many people as you can because there is plenty of room in his table. This is the word of God for the people of God. And we thank you, God. God bless you.